podcasting regime firmly to three more points. Uh, with me tonight is a man who doesn't need to be forced to be here because he's coised as fuck, it's Ash. Good evening, Tom. How you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, and alongside him tonight is a journalist who hasn't actually been murdered. It's Jim. Hello. <laughs> Don't know what you said anyway. expect me to do with that, to be honest. <laughs> it was a dead end. Oh. <laughs> anyway, big game at the weekend. Full of build-up and hype. No thanks to Sky Sports, uh, who made it out to be the best thing to happen to the Premier League since Andy Gray got axed. Uh, but alas, we ruined Geordie Arabia. We've destroyed the narrative. Pretty delightful, Ash. Yeah, it was amazing. And might have been because of the build-up and everything surrounding Newcastle at the moment. But I can't remember wanting to win a game of football in the Premier League, which isn't against a rival as much as, as I wanted that game. I mean, it was just so distasteful. And I understand the sentiment behind Newcastle and wanting to get rid of an Ashley is always a good thing. <laughs> so I, I get it. But it just wasn't well thought out. Like there, was a, there was a great big banner, which included the phrase and everything that they tried so hard to kill. It's like, I, I understand it was about Newcastle and they feel like their culture was being killed. But I just feel like another phrase could have been used when your new owners are accused of murdering thousands of people, including a journalist. I think it was well thought out. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't think we should go into massively into the no. Newcastle thing because that's a matter for them. But. Maybe all the government shortages recently have led to a shipment of moral compasses never arriving because uh, <laughs> the, the city of Newcastle upon Tyne is certainly missing a few. Yeah, the only thing I want to say is I have no problem at all with them supporting the club, support the team, that's fine. But roaming around with Saudi flags. Yeah, you can't, uh, the fans don't get to choose who owns their club, but no. they do get to choose how they act about it. And I was I was a little bit dreading this game because I was I was like if you obviously really want their party to be ruined and if there's one club that you would not want to be the team that you can rely on to ruin it <laughs> <laughs> it would be Spurs and I, and when when you go behind after two minutes I'm like for fuck's sake you had one job <laughs> yeah and it was just the worst possible start and when it went in I had the same sinking feeling as when I get a message from my manager asking if I've got a minute for a chat it was just a fucking worst start yeah definitely we didn't preview this game for the pod because you know life gets in the way but my prediction ahead of it genuinely without the power of hindsight uh, I said it I watched the game with a few Geordies in the pub which was lovely I loved it and I said if you score early you're going to get behind the atmosphere and I thought Spurs being Spurs, we're going to get a little bit intimidated by that. We're going to struggle to get back into the game. But if we survive the first 10-15, I can see us going and winning 3-1. So my prediction, I had two predictions really, and they both came true, but in the in the best way possible, where they scored first. And I actually thought, oh, you know, that's great atmosphere. I've missed celebrating goals like that generally in football because we haven't had fans in grounds. And obviously it meant a lot to them because this is the dawn of a new era for them. Rightly or wrongly, they should celebrate that or not matter for them, like Jim says. But it was, it was a good spectacle. It was good for the narrative. And then we just turned it up and just went, nah, nah, we ain't everything this. <laughs> it's like we suddenly think- realised that, wait a minute, Newcastle or shit, what is going on? Like they can't pass or press or defend. It, all it took was a long ball over the top from Dyer. And then just a pass back inside. It was two passes and a goal. Yeah, it was. I think Newcastle being shit really helped. It's amazing how bad they are, isn't it? It was almost like they had they they, they got drunk on the excitement and, and <laughs> forgot that they're actually a really mm. shit team. Mm. Uh, 
and I, I actually think it's pretty underpriced that Newcastle go down this season anyway, even with all them. You know that old that old um, chant that used to be sung at City, at City going down with a billion in the bank. Well, that <laughs> actually happened to Newcastle. Um, but I mean, I thought there was a little bit of character from Spurs actually. Like you say, Fen, you you could easily in that scenario, in that game, and everything that it meant for for Newcastle, and and like say they they were celebrating, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. It, it was easy for that to be just a uh, all about them, and suddenly when you find yourself a goal down, it's easy to to play within yourselves and just end up turning in a bit of a bit of an insipid performance. But I thought it was it was pretty decent, and even though the opposition wasn't great. You've still got to beat what's in front of you, and it was a, a professional job done and a good game of football. So yeah, you're right. We, we we should be beating teams like that, and we have. So we shouldn't be too disheartened by that, uh, certainly. And I think probably the biggest setup for a lot of things was, I mean, despite Martin Tyler's lack of emotion, <laughs> for, uh, well, I looked like he curled it, but then you look at it from a different angle, and he's just powered through it. You know, so keep us the move. That's a fantastic goal, and Martin Tyler just went. And it's Ndombele with the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Czech Republic goal against Scotland in the Euros, where he's almost scored from the halfway line. <laughs> I don't know if that was Martin Tyler as well, but it was just like, oh, and it's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> what? It always makes me wonder, you know, like when they, um, I always wondered whether commentators watched the game after the game, you know, when they, like for a match of the day, because sometimes mm. there was always this sort of real feigned surprise, or they'd be like, Oh, uh, Watford have never come from 2-0 down before. Imagine if they magically did it now, and then suddenly they do. <laughs> well, not Watford. Maybe another side. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, when I saw it, I was like, where's the ball gone? Hey, what? Oh. And then, and then saw it was gone. I was like, how did that happen? Like, I had to see it back again to see that it had happened. And I couldn't, you know, like, when you just get a short circuit in your brain, you know, I can't figure this out, like Ball, kick, goal, and don't belay. What? How? <laughs> that, that, the funny thing was that there was less of a reaction for the Ndombele goal than there was from the Harry Kane goal, considering everybody else stopped moving because they thought it was offside. And like, if, if there was ever a goal to not hype up as a commentator in the moment, it was that Kane goal. It's like they got oh, it wrong. They were watching the wrong it. game. Well, we took free kick. We, we'd fully accepted that, well, that's offside. We're ready to defend. <laughs> He's yeah. pointed at the centre side. Oh, that's a touch, isn't it? I wish commentators would look back at their games like referees do. Because quite often in a professional game, they review it and look at their decisions and their performance and, and try to improve. I hope commentators do that. I feel like if they did it, a lot of commentators wouldn't be commentators for very long. Neither would podcasters, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> We do listen to ours back. It's just that we've got nothing else in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we uh, we managed to get the third before half time, which was great because I, I don't like Tottenham on a one gold lead going into half time. And I mean, my, the first thought was, yeah, fuck you, Newcastle. I have that, you bastards. <laughs> my second thought was, shit, if they score, we're fucked. <laughs> I'm fully expecting a collapse. Well, we almost had to collapse, didn't we? No, no courtesy of Eric Dyer. I mean, en- en- enough has been said about him because he- he's obviously come pretty close to saving someone's life. Mm. I mean, let's not say with that. I will allow him calamity because it was fun. <laughs> and to be fair, Newcastle was so shit. Like, Dyer's own goal was like Febrezian, a pile of dog shit, wasn't it? Like, it didn't, it flattered him. It made the scoreline look a lot more flattering than it could have been. We actually dominated that game. 
Yeah, that analogy made me feel really ill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, the, the weird thing is, Dyer had a good game. It's, I know it's a bit like, oh, yeah, I know my, uh, I know that sniper accidentally shot the queen, but he also <laughs> shot the assassin. Like, I know it's a silly thing to say, but like. <laughs> no, you're um, right, but that's, I think that's what most Tottenham fans get frustrated with with Dyer, is that he can play 89 fantastic minutes and then yeah. his brain farts always lead to a goal that's what you expect with Dyer, right though mm. like the, the clues in the name um <laughs> <laughs> he's largely decent and occasionally terrible and that's never going to change but uh but i thought yeah i thought he had a good game and and he's he's quite spursy in that respect isn't he but he's clearly a good bloke that's the thing that's what i find so hard to, to absolutely despise him because mm in the right place I think he clearly loves the club as well he's quite he's quite loyal and he's got no reason to be really he's just been here a while and he always turns up he always tries to do his best this is quite often his best isn't necessarily as good as some people like to think he is well like he thinks he is anyway but he's fundamentally a good player and not many players can have the balls to run off the pitch to go for a shit <laughs> but also have the you know the, the human decency to in a when your your mind is so focused on a game of football that you don't really take in the surroundings. Yeah. So playing music live sometimes you don't really take in the crowd. You lose yourself in what you're doing, and that can surely happen to footballers as well. And to, to have that awareness and to then suddenly see what's happening and go right, I need to go over there and that needs to move over there and that that's a level of foresight that. I mean, I'd quite like him to, to apply it to his defending a lot of the time. <laughs> it would only be fair to have a shout out to Reguilón as well, because he was the first one to bring it to the officials' attention as well, when he? And he, he had a cracking game as well. He was up and down that left left flank. I mean, I feel it was left a bit exposed for the Newcastle goal, so I'm not going to blame him too much. Yet, There's not much he could do when he was left two-on-one with, with the late over uh, overlap. So but other than that, his first touch from Dyer's... Um, ball before he set up in Dombele was exquisite it was it was beautiful and he was just causing havoc but my, my problem was it was just sort of one of those games where every single performance is going to have an asterisk next to it like in Dombele was fantastic but Newcastle were fucking awful so like I guess Aston Villa we we knew that we had improved because we played well against a good side and I have no idea what to take away from that Newcastle game whatsoever Tom anything you can help me out with well, we came there to do a job and we did it. So mm. you go to an objective and largely the objective was met. I mean, our goal difference is still minus three and we're fifth. Which is, <laughs> and, it, you know, you look at that and you think, well, we only won by one goal. But really, the, the first goal was, you know, it could have done better. You know, Reguilón needed more support. He had two on him on the left flank. Romero gets beaten to it just because Wilson wants it more. Just had no idea that no anticipation that there could be an aggressive centre forward in there who actually wants to win it more than him. He perhaps should have been a bit more aware of that. Emerson lost the ball, you know, looked a little bit sloppy. Mm. Well, to be fair to Romero and Emerson, they'd been playing in South America like two days before. They played on Friday and to some extent you could tell. But I think they were more positive than negatives in the way they played. I think Romero will slowly... The more he plays, the more confident he'll get. He'll learn how quickly he needs to to think. It's, it's going to be quicker than, than what he's done before. Also, I'm quite impressed with Emerson. Even a rusty Emerson. Oh, the best right back that we've seen in a while. And I was texting Jules a little bit during the game. He's not here tonight. 
And he was saying he's, he hasn't really been that excited about a right back at a club since the, sort of the days of Trippier and Walker. But, like, you know, early Trippier Walker, when they were just coming through into the first team, we thought, there's a player here. We're going to have a good right back. And I think I think we'll get there with Emerson. It just takes yeah. a bit of time. Yeah, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I don't know. We've got to probably talk about some other big <laughs> incidents that happened in the game. And I, for one, was shocked when Shelby got a red card. Misplaced passes and get sent off. He's two things that he's probably do in his career very well. And to be fair, he come on as a sub, and maybe that's three things he can do quite well. He fully deserved to go. I mean, he's just stupid, isn't he? He's he's not the brightest. You look at him. He's just a very weird guy, isn't he? <laughs> he reminds me a little bit of Lee Bowyer, but without the talent. <laughs> Which is maybe a bit harsh, because there maybe is some talent there. But I remember somebody saying, it was probably on another podcast or something, or maybe it was in the paper or whatever, somebody said... Oh, yeah, before the game. Jan-Jo Selvi isn't a bad player. He was involved in the England setup not long ago. So Harry Winks. Yeah, and in my head I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, he was involved in the England setup under Roy Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another asterisk moment, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny, though, to see all those, not to make it all about Newcastle, but all those players that were so excited, like the long staffs and... Hmm. Uh, the right back, forget his name, what's he called? Mankiel. Yeah, and there's a few, there's a few that have been, have been like really, really excited, and as they would be, and you're just like, lads, you do realise, don't you, that you're not going to be part of this. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be, there's probably going to be two players that are going to be part of it, and that's St. Maximan and maybe Wilson, because it's hard to get a striker. St. Maximan, to be, he's, he's a player who deserves to be played in Europe. He, he dazzled on a few occasions, but we fortunately the rest of his team sort of just stood and watched because they have no idea what to do. Anyway, is that Newcastle wrapped up? Anything more to say? It was just, uh, I was impressed with the way we kept the ball and moved it forward. I think that's that's worth saying as well. I haven't seen Tottenham keep the ball that well for a very long time. It's all uh, steady signs of progress, isn't it? I think taking everything before the international break. Uh, good performance there. Decent performance against Villa. Like not not perfect by any means, but you know um, we've mentioned before Spurs have got limitations in the squad that are going to take some time to to resolve. And Nuno had a bit of a dodgy start, but he seems to have settled in a little bit. And if you look at the table now, I think Spurs are on 15 points from memory, which after eight games to be averaging just under two points per game is 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 quite good, really. I think four points off the top. and the, the league is really bunched up and with a couple of decent results, there's every chance that it could be a really good season. It looked um, it looked not so long ago, like a month ago, like it, it could be a bit of a disappointment, but there's every chance that um, that Spurs could do, could kind of fly under the radar a bit and yeah. uh, and, and play a part in those, not necessarily going to storm into the Champions League and be, uh, you know, finishing second or third or anything like that, but certainly on the right track and that's uh it's quite exciting i think well i think the good thing about what we've seen recently is i mean no disrespect to the journalists that write them okay some disrespect but there's been a lot of stories come out saying how the tottenham players are unhappy with nuno and they find him distant and his tactics are bad and his training is bad but i saw a team especially going one nil down in that environment i saw a team that really were fighting for the victory and that's not something you see in in players that aren't really playing for the manager like newcastle's reaction for example to going down and then to us getting a third 
is the prime example of how a team reacts to a manager whose um, future isn't relevant to them, I guess, or that they don't they're not fighting for him. And that's not we, we saw Tottenham do the opposite. So I was impressed with that, and I think that's uh, that's worthy of a mention as well. Mm, look at Ndombele as a case study as well. I mean, we haven't seen him turn out like that in the two years that we've had him. Mm. And Asterix, it was against Newcastle, but that was definitely his best game in a Spurs shirt, not just because of the goal, but because he was always looking forward. He was you know, causing all sorts of havoc as part of the front four, but was also tracking from time to time as well. And there's, there's quite viral, that clip of him doing that and Asso level of just turning and doing them. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a game that Spurs lost, would have lost this time last year. And who was the manager this time last year? <laughs> who, by the way, <coughs> lost as well. <laughs> It's exactly what he, he, he did before. So, uh, well, I'll make that continue. Um, we might end up facing them, as it turns out, in the, the Conference League, which we have a... Yeah, I've got to remind you. That resumes again on Thursday against Vitesse. Ash, who are they and how many of their players are on loan from Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Vitesse or Vitesse, I have no idea how it's pronounced. I haven't looked into this one after my failed attempt. Vitesse. It is Vitessa, isn't it? Yeah. Vitessa. Yeah. I'm going with Vitessa. That's my... my <laughs> the accurate bit. Close enough. Something <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> they were formed in 1892, which makes them the second oldest team in Holland. Uh, they were actually formed by some, whole, um, some high schoolers who thought that English and Latin would have been a bit too elitist. So they decided to go with the name Vitessa, which is apparently French for fast, which is really annoying because Jules isn't here. And he probably would have shot it down as some sort of bollocks. But anyway, they've never won Holland's top division. They've been runners-up on five occasions, although most recently in 1915. So I don't know how relevant that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's they... like when Berry were like, oh, we won the FA Cup in 1901. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they did win the, uh, their equivalent of the FA Cup, the KNVB Cup in 2017, which is a bit more recent. And all right, let's get it out of the way. We we know in England that they are essentially essentially Chelsea B or have been for a very long time. Any guesses of how many Chelsea players have been to Vitesse over the years? Oh Christ, loads. I mean, the one that stands out is um, Mason Mount, of course. But I'm sure was Matic up. there at some point as well. Matic was there. Yeah, it was one of the first. It was 29 over the years. 29 Chelsea players have been unknown. Any guesses? For how many are still at the club at Chelsea? That is Chelsea. I mean, yeah. you can't two. Yeah. No, there's six. So you got Mason Mount, uh, Armando Brozier, who's currently on loan at Southampton. You've got Jake Clark Salter, who's now 24 and on loan at Coventry. You got Charlie Masonda, who's also 24. Uh, 24. He's sort of just there. Matt Miazga, who's 26, and again just hanging around. And Lewis Baker, who a lot of people had as sort of England's next new hope. He's 26 and just hanging around as well. They just and he used to be Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, so they're um, they're a club based in uh, is it Ar- Arnhem? That's how I'm pronouncing it. And according to TripAdvisor, their top 10 tourist attractions include some museums and some parks and a zoo. So basically, what you'd expect from a Dutch town. <laughs> 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 oh, indeed, and, any town anywhere. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. You can't move for Zoom, can you? 
Does um, it have a panda? Because if it hasn't got a panda, I'm not I, interested. I did not have the time to go into that much detail. Uh, they, I did find out that they finished fourth last season. They're currently sixth this season after nine games. None of their players have scored more than two goals or registered more than two assists. So they're not doing particularly well so far. And uh, I did take a look at their players and I play a lot of FIFA and a lot of Football Manager and I had never seen any of their na- names before. So no idea who they are. <laughs> Although I did recognise one of the players um, who featured on DJ Luck and MC Knee's hit A Little Bit of Luck. His name was Tanani. That is niche. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cracking joke. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> Guarantee you will get nothing. <laughs> I'm so proud of it. So, so yeah, uh, that's that's my research done. So what well, you're saying then is you don't know anything about them. Yep. They're not very good, and they'll probably win two one. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Ten and with both goals. <laughs> I want to know. I've just been looking at, uh, at uh, the font of all knowledge that is Wikipedia, and their nicknames are FC Hollywood at the Rhine. I did see that. <laughs> and Airborne Football Club. And now I want to know why. Did they have some sort of film studio near there? Uh, symbols. God, Hang on. This has his crest. Did anybody else notice? Maybe this is not OK, but um, their crest is a double-headed eagle. What and it reminded me of something else that's <laughs> not OK. And I thought <laughs> maybe they might want to assess that. Considering they had to stop playing during the war because the Germans moved in. So... Mm. I think they won the league in 1915. But it was all right. It was the second world war. They had big problems in, mate. Oh, well, there you go. You've just been schooled in war. (laughs) By an Italian. (laughs) (laughs) He knows they were on every side. Um... (laughs) Brilliant. Anyway, we uh, we didn't see any subs in a Newcastle game, so I'm expecting that we'll see a lot of rotation. Tom, what team would you like to see us put out? Um, yeah, exactly that. I mean, there are a lot of players who won't get a look in beyond our starting eleven at the moment, to be honest. And also some players who could knock on the door that kind of need the fitness and need to show why they should be involved. Bergfine being probably the biggest name there. Danny Alley didn't get 90 minutes in the last Conference League game we watched. And it's sort of been on the fringes since the, sort of the first three or four fixtures, really. He needs to show up more and he knows that he's posting Instagram shots of him doing additional fitness training but again yeah but the problem he's got is he's not really an eight he is more of a 10 or a shadow striker and there just isn't position for that available mm. you never know you can play him alongside uh, scarlet and try and give him 60 to 90 minutes or give him as much minutes as possible for crying out loud we never see him i mean even against whoever we played mura not Lucas, yep. mura mura <laughs> and he is 50, 60 minutes. I mean, these are the sort of players that surely would be raging. He didn't seem to be that bothered, maybe he had a knock. I don't know. But there were players like that you need to get a lot more minutes out of this. But also some younger players as well, that, like Scarlett, who can get a look in. Um, I'd like to see players like Nile John get more minutes as well. But He played today in the, with the... Um... There were 23s against West Ham, so I'd be surprised if he came in. But I, I'm sort of on, in that part where... It's actually a big game in the context of the group because obviously we're due with Wren, so we we sort of need to win this game. So starting with the likes of Scarlett, who I think is going to be a fantastic player, but obviously isn't quite at that level just yet, um, might be a bit of a problem. I expect that we'll see the Chelsea and Delhi and 
unfortunately winks <laughs> so it's good yeah it's, there's going to be a few rotated players i imagine it will be the first teamers who don't get in the starting 11 i think that's i think that's the preview done we don't know anything about this <laughs> jim have you got anything to contribute i'd be tempted to start with those uh kind of recognizable first team players that aren't getting loads of game time try and get the game won and take them off after an hour but that's on the basis of not really knowing anything about how good Vitesse are does, does anybody really care if it doesn't go to plan? I mean, yeah, obviously. Trophy's a trophy. I mean, <laughs> and cracking I, expectation management. I don't really like to see it. I don't really want to see... I want to see the likes of Kane and Son and Lucas properly rested because that's been a, a, our issue over the years, is that we have good starting eleven, but outside of that, we haven't got the depth to actually rotate. When we play every other week, it does actually affect your league form. I think we've seen that over the last few years as, as our average age of the squad has got progressively older. What we did against Mura is play the rotated team, the B team, essentially, across the board. Come 60 minutes, they, I think it was 2-1, I think, at that point, where you're thinking, well, we're still fine. We're still by far the best team here and probably will win, but let's make sure. And if for the last half hour, you can bring in Son and Kane and Lucas and see it out. And it works quite well, in fairness, even though I don't like to see it. So... We'll probably see something like that again, where if we need the big boys, they'll be on the bench ready to come on. For what it's worth, they lost their home game against the N2-1 last time out in the Europa Conference League. So uh, let's go out, let's spank these fucking nobodies and put all the doubters to shame. I want that on the, as the club motto, let's spank these nobodies. <laughs> well, if, you, if we're going to spank what's your score prediction? 3-0. I'm going 3-0. I want to see a clean sheet for fuck's sake. <laughs> We're due one, aren't we? Yeah. Jim? 3-1. Mainly because I don't think a clean sheet will happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long-range belter, isn't it? It always is. <laughs> I want either that or, or an absolute like free-header back post from a corner. <laughs> no, well, Dyer's not going to be playing, so that's the chance. <laughs> is it at their gap? Am I making yeah, that Yeah, it's at their place, yeah. Oh, well, that might be a bit trickier then. Still going to say 2-1 Spurs. We'll make, it, we'll make hard work of it, but should be all right. Famous last words. Will we be all right, though? On Sunday, yes, the old uh, Thursday-Sunday rotation is back, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate Sundays. Uh, weirdly, Jim, you're going to struggle for the podcast next week because uh, Ashley has very selfishly decided to get married. <laughs> it's a mess of his own making because he asked the question. Little joke, Holly, Holly's lovely. I know her dad occasionally listens, so I've got to say that now. <laughs> but we probably will miss the game because we'll be hammered. Yeah. Ironic because we're playing the hammers. So, Unfortunately, Jim, the best was... man's a gooner as well, so he would not have planned to let us watch the Tottenham game. That's unfortunate for you in several ways then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What you're basically saying is I actually have to stop pretending to know what I'm talking about and actually yeah. do some work for a change. Yeah, yeah, it's hard with Jim because uh, he's not actually a Spurs fan. He, he's mainly here to keep us firmly within the law. <laughs> not sure I even do that. I even, why am I here? I'm not even I know that. I, I'll I'll be nice and I'll even watch it. Thanks. How's that? all we can ask for? And all I can say is it will it will probably go better than last year's game at um, Stratford. True that, although it's although I mean, another big asterisk, it might not. <laughs> Cutting edge insight from Jim. <laughs> this is the what substance you come for. <laughs> and the satire that you leave with. 
Um, no, I was having a conversation before about West Ham, right? I've never liked West Ham. And Good. obviously, I don't care about them in the same rivalry way. There's just something about them that I don't like. Is it the Dildo Brothers? Um, I think they get litigious if you call them that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, they're not great. Karen Brady isn't my favourite person. The Olympic Stadium is just offensive in every single way. But there's something weirdly quite likeable about David Moyes finding some glimmer of happiness somewhere. And it can't be allowed to continue. So much like... This week, uh, Spurs had the job of ruining Newcastle's party. Next week, they're basically going to do the same thing. Do you have any yes. faith, faith in us doing so, Jim? Uh, maybe. Maybe. What are you thinking? <sighs> I just I just don't like playing West Ham at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I never did. But before, we, I had some sort of confidence that we were going to embarrass them. And now we can only embarrass ourselves, I'm afraid. They're a good side and we're their cup final. We're, we're their equivalent of saying that they won the World Cup now, aren't they, when they beat Spurs. I mean, they released a video today about when they drew with us last year. So what does that tell you? Yeah, so I think it's a year to the day of recording that Lanzini scored that goal. Mm. And I've spoken to plug in that because they hate us. They absolutely hate us. <laughs> our, our listener to, to just stop and get, like everyone was slagging off Jamie Redknapp for his punditry and going back to the Newcastle game by sharing the video of him on Sky Sports. <laughs> Stop interacting with him. Slag him off. Don't just don't at him. Like don't don't re- quote tweet Talksport and watching Jamie O'Hara dribble over a microphone and then say this guy's an idiot. Just stop. <laughs> they rely on interactions and it's stop. I've digressed. I was watching some of West Ham against Everton yesterday. Clash of the, clash of the, the, the nearly what's that one. It only needed us to be there as well for it to be a, a trio of, of wannabe has-beens. <laughs> but they, they, it's weird because they play a total football under Moyes. And I can only describe it as total football, but not in the sense of like Liverpool uh, and, and that, that kind of guys that, that you see under Jurgen Klopp. The Moyes total football is everyone performing as a team, everyone doing what they should be doing. Not necessarily to uh, an absolute world-class standard, but from minute zero to 90, everyone knows their role. Everyone knows what they need to do. They know what the game plan is. They know their limitations. Mm. They do it quite well. Moises seems have always been fairly efficient, which is why we're so successful at Everton. Yeah. But I don't mean, about United thing, but I think it was a poison chalice, essentially. No one's going to come in after Vergie and be able to, to, to succeed. No one ever was going to do that. But given that, that sort of semi-limited resource to here at Everton and it's got now at West Ham and they're just going to be punchy and I don't like that because we don't do well against punchy. I am encouraged a bit by the performance against Newcastle in that we showed a fight to get back. There was good pressing, there was the, uh, the, the ability that we lost over the years to progress the ball forward a little bit. I mean there's been some questions I've seen on Twitter about whether Hoiberg and Skip had the right option to go against teams that are likely to give us a game. I would stick with those two because I don't think any of the other centre mids have enough uh, sort of positional, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, discipline. Um, So I'd stick with them and hopefully they can be the base that allows us to attack with with some real power like we saw against Newcastle. The alternative is if you drop one of Skip or Hoybier, you probably have to bring in your next best choice is Luchelso. Mm. He ain't going to give you that level of aggression, that, that level of discipline, like like the word you struggle to find. 
So he, he he's the sort of player you bring in for, for your high possession games where, I mean, normally it would be Newcastle, but given the context of that match, it probably wouldn't have been right. And it wasn't, it wasn't fit anyway. But, you know, if we, if we face the, the likes of Norwich at home or teams where we think they're going to sit back a bit here, we need a player that can really manipulate the ball. That's what you bring in the Chelsea. But to an aggressive game, you're going to have, you know, Rice and Suchek, big lads who are also pretty good on the ball as well, just running into people. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they had Marouane Fellaini. Well, that's what Suchek is essentially the Czech version of, isn't it? Explains why Moisey loves him so much. <laughs> I'm sure he'd still be signing Fellaini if he could. I was just taking the long view. I suppose his fixtures over the next month or so are, uh, depending on your view, either potentially lots of banana skins, one after the other, or a sort of season-making run of nice games. Got Vitesse away, West Ham away, Burnley away in the League Cup. United at home, Vitesse at home, Everton away, Leeds at home, Mora away, and Burnley away in the league. Lots of away games, lots of uh, kind of tricky, niggly, horrible to play against teams, but also decent, uh, not you know, not a terrible run of fixtures where you can pick up some pretty good results, I think. Bear in mind, Burnley are shit these days. United... <laughs> Uh, implode for fun. West Ham will be a good game just because of the fixture that it is, and the rest is basically the Europa League. No, the Conference League. Um, <laughs> it could be, you know, it could be looking back at the end of November going, yeah, it was all right that. Equally, it could be catastrophic though, couldn't it? <laughs> How many points do you reckon we'll get out of those, Jim, being the impartial member? What in just the, so there's one, two in the league. Yeah. There's only five league games. I would say. Uh, three times five, Jim. <laughs> Ten. No, it isn't. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> Ten points out of five. I think that ten out of the next five would be all right. Yeah, it's uh... that builds in the scope for losing to United if they turn up, which they probably won't, and dropping points against one of Everton or West Ham, which is very on brand and very Spursy, and will probably happen. Mm. And probably Leeds as well while we're at it. Whisper it. Um, Leeds look really dodgy this year and they're in a bit of trouble Yeah, I remind my Leeds supporting girlfriend almost daily that Leeds are terrible I just have this vision of you walking around your flat singing Love Will Tear Us Apart as a like constant microaggression towards your girlfriend (laughs) and changing the lyrics to Leeds are falling apart again I frequently do that because I'm scum, Leeds scum (laughs) she doesn't listen She's sick of my voice as it is. I should do scores on the doors for West Ham on that cheery note. Tom, what you got? Pick me first. Oh, I don't know. I think because of the occasion, it'll be a feisty affair. And what? They're, they're not that bad, are they? West West Hamish Albion. I'm going to go over with Desmond. Cheeky Desmond 2-2. Jim? Well, yeah, I think it'll be a draw as well, but I'll say one all. See, I was going to go with a draw and a one-all, but that's fucking boring. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've been so depressing on our, on my predictions over the last couple, haven't I? So I'll, I'll say a 2-1 Spurs win. Oh, brave. Nice. That said, we've. I think our goal-scoring players are better than get their goal-scoring players. But based on that alone, surely. <laughs> Unfortunately, Spurs have this un- unfortunate habit of conceding two and a half goals a game, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'd love us to finish in a European spot with a minus goal difference. Is <laughs> <laughs> that time? Who was it? Was it Huddersfield that came up to the Premier League with a negative goal difference? I think so. 
Yes. Sounds like a Huddersfield thing to do. <laughs> right, should we wrap it up? We've got nothing else to say to each other, have we? <laughs> no. You've made it difficult. I mean, if, if if you've made it, if you've listened this far, then um, yeah, well done. You you win a prize. <laughs> Wait for the end of the next pod to find out what it is. <laughs> yeah, if you listen this far, tweet us at cockandball underscore pod. Find us on Facebook. Um, on Instagram as well, aren't we? Ash? Yes, we are. Search cockandball underscore pod. Yeah, search that. Be very yeah, careful probably. about searching that on Instagram. Yeah, and maybe delete your search history afterwards. But we are we are on there. And if you have listened that far, let us know on social media. We want proof. We want we want serious video evidence that you've made it this far. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.